Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Ma'am, you had better get them up, get them going. It's Wednesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. That's right, get you up over the hump. We've got college football playoff rankings. They've changed at the top for the first time in the uh, three weeks of release. Longhorn sitting right where they sit. There's also trash talk abound in the Longhorn matchup with Iowa State coming up on Saturday. That's right, the uh, bulletin board material is already flying. Might be a good thing for the Texas Longhorns uh, who have been trending and flirting with disaster. Uh, We'll dive into Texas and Iowa State, the Longhorns' first trip outside the state of Texas since the Alabama game. Every other game has been played at home or in the state of Texas. A true road game on Saturday night. Also, uh, their final ever Big 12 Conference road game. Coming up Saturday at Iowa State, we'll start to preview the entire weekend of college basketball or college football uh, and the NFL with the uh, Texans and Cowboys in action and uh, coming off big wins. We'll dive into that as well, plus college hoops last night, uh, women and men. We've got baseball as the awards season is underway. A uh, lot to do. It's going to be a fun five hours. Our five-hour morning sports conversation begins right now. It's Austin's only and best sports conversation every single morning right here on 1019 AM 1260 also streaming on your Horn app on your smart speaker uh, and at hornfm.com so many ways to find us we appreciate you doing whatever you do hope you can ride with us all morning long all day long here on the Horn as we get you cranked up on a Wednesday the 15th of November and look who it is across the uh, the room here in our home studios here in the the Onion Creek South Austin studios once again he is our shutdown corner from the 713 DB high down there Lamar Unit High School also DBU right here in the 512 the University of Texas he is a lifetime Longhorn he is the football theorist he is the proud papa a baby Monroe has to be pushing two months now. Mr. Rod Babers, what's up, my friend? Hey, what's up, brother? I appreciate the intro and appreciate the hospitality as always. Uh, also, got a – man, I can't believe we got uh, some trash talk. Trash talk. From, from the Iowa State side, but we do, so we'll get into that bulletin board material. Love it. Uh, yeah, man, see, that's, that's, a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing for the Longhorns. They needed it. They needed some they, – they need a little bit of, you know, a boost. I think they needed some juice in this game going on the road. Uh, and, and an offensive lineman for the uh, Iowa State Cyclones gave them all the juice they needed. So it's going to be good. We'll get into that. We'll dive into it. Uh, before we do, uh, let's get uh, into our daily uh, shout-out to all those who serve. Of course, we do it every morning, and we're proud to do it uh, because we know that it is an honor but also a burden to serve our society built on these selflessness of service. So we appreciate all those who are willing to do uh, God's work, whether you're talking about uh, those who serve God, country, or community. Uh, we appreciate the first responders, the soldiers, uh, the nurses, the teachers, uh, all of you out there. We can't name you all, but just want you to know that we appreciate you and want you to give. I want to give you that shout out each and every morning. Uh, no question about that. No question about that. Also, as we've said all week, the uh, uh, coming out of Veterans Day, our first responder uh, with the Austin Police Department, member of the SWAT team, was uh, killed on Friday night into the weekend, actually early morning hours of Saturday. 
there's going to be a, a procession and, uh, and an honoring of his life coming up on Friday. Uh, so be advised of that. There will be you know, traffic delays and whatnot, but obviously uh, a great, great reason to have traffic delays. and Not a great reason, but obviously an important reason to have those traffic delays. That's coming up Friday morning, so be advised of that. But, uh, yes, thank you for those who do what they do. So we can do what we do, which is, uh, you know, just sit over here and talk sports. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's, that's, it's, hey. it's, it's pretty good. And here we already got a text in from uh, on our text line. And already we, we typically walk into your message, and we appreciate those every morning and all morning long at 512-447-3776. But uh, somebody else said, love, love the live stream last night on, uh, on Texas Football, gents. I'm still hey. laughing about the fifth-generation kid portion. Yes, we had a, a good conversation, you and myself and Bobby Burton, hey. on uh, Inside Always Texas. Fun. Always fun. And it's funny, I just heard our uh, our show that precedes us talking about Bobby Burton and his report to concerning Quinn Ewers and the future and of course I, it always strikes me how different the national narrative is versus the local always is fishbowl narrative I'm obviously uh, yep. think all reports here that Arch Manning is happy with his time at Texas so far he he came to Texas wide-eyed knowing mm-hmm. that uh, Quinn Ewers was here and you know his opportunity to play would come when it comes and of course, it's uh, you know national folks talking about oh man Quinn's coming back Arch is going to transfer where is he going to go you no, know, we'll see. But I, I think uh, I think it's a good problem for Texas to have uh, Quinn Ewers leaning to coming on back yeah. here. It's a first world problem. It's not. It's like, so, and it's something we Texas fans don't have to stress about until next season. Yeah, just don't stress about that to the offseason. Don't don't put undue stress on yourself when you don't have to. It's just I think it's Quinn's people. They want to keep their options open. They I think it was pretty much considered a foregone conclusion that oh he's gone. You talked about it. They fast tracked his career uh, from junior sophomore year of high school uh, they've been trying to fast track it right he got him out of high school early uh you know Ohio State he wasn't playing let's get him somewhere where he can play he always wanted to play at Texas circumstances wasn't right at first when he committed then he did committed and and now boom he's at Texas uh so they've fast tracked him but nobody anticipated this quarterback class being this deep uh nobody anticipates injury right and I think a few of those different variables have I don't know if it's dropped his draft stock so much as the the draft now has littered is one of the deepest quarterback drafts yeah. we've had in a long time, and he's just not one of the elite prospects in this draft. He's still a good prospect. He's probably, he could easily still go second or third round, but in terms of him being a first rounder, which I know is his goal and has probably been his goal since what? He was 14 or 15 years old, something yeah, like that. started the seven-on-seven seven circuit. Yeah, I think now he's – Rising in the recruiting yeah, rankings. His people are saying, you know what, we still got a chance to accomplish a goal. Let's not rush it. Let's not be hasty. Why Why are we, you know, why are we rushing this thing when we don't have to? But I think they, they've been in that mindset of, like you said, fast-tracking them, and I think now this is probably the first time they've slowed it down. Yeah, well, said, and, you know and what, look, let's... circumstances change, right? There's nothing wrong with setting goals no. in life and having a plan, and right. then you have to alter the plan when circumstances dictate. And I'd also say this, and for folks who missed Bobby Burton, Bobby Burton is the uh, uh, the great uh, curator wow. over there at Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com. Mm-hmm. He had the report yesterday that we talked about, but it was later in the show, so if you missed it, he, his people. Because, look, Bobby Burton's been talking to the people in and around Quinn Ewers since he was a recruit. Exactly. So you get to know sources, you get to know people, and now he's on campus, and uh, the same people that were indicating that he was, you know, wanting to be a part of this draft class in 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 April, now indicating that maybe it's a ninety percent chance that he's going to come back. And uh, the circumstances have changed. Uh, needs more reps. Needs another year in the weight room. Uh, footwork still needs work, and all those things you just said perfectly. And I just think it's funny uh, that you know Quinn Ewers and his family. That's been fast tracked. It, it for every indication, the Mannings are slow tracking. Eli, or, or slow-tracking yeah. Arch. Yeah. They want him to slow down and enjoy life, right? Yeah. They want him to – because they know at some level it, it's a curse and a, bur- a burden, but it's also a blessing to be a Manning, right, the first family of football. 
but you know through the recruiting process and when he's in high school and all that they wanted him to you know, just enjoy high school you know yep. play basketball win state titles uh, be a manning but uh, you know it'll all come to you and now here he is in college and people people outside of him want to you know rush him onto the field it doesn't feel like his family wants to fast track arch they want to slow play it hey mm-hmm. you know even his father cooper his grandfather archie Hey, enjoy your time. Enjoy college. Football will always be there. Get your business degree. Enjoy Austin and your friends and your locker room. Uh, you know, because, you know, Sounds Quinn like Ewers is the first Quinn Ewers. Arch Manning is the oh, third exactly. third yeah. big na- Manning name to play football or fourth or fourth. fifth or yeah. whatever name you want to, <laughs> number you want to put on it. Yeah. Uh, so there comes some, some different challenges with both sides of that. So uh, it is fun to be in the fishbowl of the whole thing here in Austin, Texas. More importantly, the Longhorns have a big game on Saturday. Let's shift gears. Let's get to the headlines. Top stories on a Wednesday morning. That's right, Top Gun Reynolds and Lauderquin bring you the top stories, and the top story is college football with a change in the top four. This week's CFP rankings revealed last night. Uh, Georgia, the two-time defending national champs, have moved to the top with previously ranked Ohio State dropping back one spot to two. Michigan and Florida hold on. Well, Florida State hold on to their spots at three and four. Bulldogs have delivered their most impressive performances over the last two Saturdays. Uh, of course, to a week ago Saturday, they beat Missouri, who's now ranked ninth in the college football playoffs uh, play uh, rankings. And uh, last Saturday, they crushed tenth-ranked Ole Miss, fifty-two to seventeen. So, uh, a couple of ranked wins put them atop Ohio State. Unbeaten Washington remains outside the top four once again at five. They're followed by Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. As I mentioned, Missouri in at number nine, now eight and two. Louisville is ten. They're new to the top ten at number ten. Longhorns hold steady at seven for a third straight week, but according to head coach Steve Sarkeesian earlier in the week, they're much more concerned about this week's trip to Iowa State than anything in the CFP. Trip to Ames for the primetime showdown with the Cyclones will be Longhorns' first trip out of the Lone Star State since week two. Iowa State is one of four teams tied for second place in the Big 12 at five and two. And according to their starting left guard, uh, Jared a young guy named Jared Hufford. He says he's ready to welcome. He and his team ready to welcome the Longhorns into their place Saturday. Yeah, ever since I got here, it was Iowa and Texas. That was kind of the thing, and uh, you know the horns down all the time and whatnot. But it's just you know that program, much like Oklahoma, you know they get all the big five-star recruits. They have all the nicest stuff in the world, and they just they just think they're uh, you know they don't stink terms but uh you know they're just humans and that's how i see them you know they're just people that have such a high ego that needs to be checked needs to be checked seven o'clock saturday night we'll talk more about that and he'll hear his full comment because he had other things to say about the longhorns uh this should be fun seven o'clock saturday night uh, Longhorns final ever Big 12 road contest. Busy night of college basketball, including the 11th ranked Texas women. They improved to 3-0 in the young season with a demolition of UT Arlington at Moody Center, 110-64. Taylor Jones led Texas with 21. Roy Harmon added 20 and 7 assists. Nice doubleheader on the men's side. Uh, start the early season, preseason play. Uh, preseason player of the year candidate, Hunter Dickinson, scored 27 points, grabbed 21 rebounds, helped top-ranked Kansas pass Kentucky last night. 89-84 in the Champions Classic there in Chi-Town. Also in the early game, ninth-ranked Duke, topped 18th-ranked Michigan State, 74-65. Rodney Terry and his 19th-ranked Texas men in action tonight. Moody Center, they're going to host the Rice Owls. Uh, NBA last night, a couple of Texas teams involved in that in-season tournament. Did not go well. Shea Gilgis-Alexander scored 28, had seven assists. That's career high. Oklahoma City rolled past the Spurs, 123-87. Mavericks got drilled in New Orleans, 131-110, just their third loss on the year. And finally, Major League Baseball, the award season is underway. Brandon... Uh, Baltimore Orioles skipper Brandon Hyde, the runaway winner of this year's American League Manager of the Year Award. Hyde received 27 first-place votes handily to top Rangers manager Bruce Bochy and Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash. He was the only manager named on every ballot, and Ranger fans remember it's a regular season award. 
Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right. Um, I can't believe that uh, we're here talking about Iowa State trash talking Texas. That's just a very weird story. But, hey, man, we love the petty. The petty in sports, we talk about it all the time. Hell, the NBA's got fights going on. Got guys getting choked by, of course, Draymond Green. Of course, Dr- Draymond's choking people. Uh, it's too early in the NBA season for Draymond to be choking people, but it's already happening. That's what they, maybe that's what they want for the in-game turn, the in-game, in-season tournament. I mean, they love that uh, type of petty going on. I mean, that's uh, taken to another level. Uh, but we got the petty going on for Texas, too, because um, one of their offensive linemen has decided to uh, call Texas out. I and honestly, I, I almost think it's premeditated. I almost think that they somehow Matt Campbell instructed him to do this. Otherwise, this is very out of character for Iowa State. It's out of character. Well, I mean, I, 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 Iowa State talk I trash do remember the game. Well, not before a game. I do remember, I do exactly remember I do after remember, a game. I do remember Brees, Brees Hall, Hall talking about five-star culture versus the five-star players, but not before a game. Yeah, sure. Before a game? No. <laughs> I'll say talking trash before again. That's so weird to me. And by the way, the guy that's talking trash, his matchup is the best D tackle in the country. The best D tackle tandem and duo in the country. Something's up. Something's weird about and he's not like a baller either. Something strange. There's something I don't know. Hey, he's all he's all academic Big Twelve. I know that. Right? My, uh, so that one but we'll debate uh, certainly after the game whether on. that was smart or not. Uh, but yeah, you know, because we're having a little audio issue back at the station, but, uh, uh, I played the cut. He, he talked about the arrogance and they get all the nice things and they need to be humbled. Uh, he started his comment saying it's definitely going to be a heck of a farewell present. They're going to come in here on senior night in the dark. I don't think they really know what's going, what's going to be coming for them. I think they're going to have to come and come out and figure it out. Uh, now, uh, you're right. It seems out of character. It does seem like they're very confident. Uh, at Iowa State, we know Matt Campbell pushes that underdog narrative, and he pushes the idea of us against them. And you know, we are the the five star culture versus their five star players. There's no doubt about that because you know Brees Hall, uh, when he said it after a game, he's hearing that from Matt Campbell, right? He's hearing it from the coaches yeah, there. Yeah, but said that's after you get it done. That's after it's already done. Sure. That's the same reason Tech talked trash last year. After it's done, yes, that's when you, hey man, that's when you poke your chest out. It's weird that Iowa State, of all teams, they're deciding, you know, that guy deciding before the game to do that. And like I said, his matchup, if he's watching film, his matchup is the best tackle in the country. <laughs> Your matchup. Highest-rated defensive lineman yeah. in the country and right now. And the other one is a top-ten-rated D tackle in the country. It's like, some, like I said, it feels like it's premeditated. It almost feels premeditated to me. It feels like they're trying to almost get into Texas' head somehow. And I almost want them to come in amped up, and I'm trying to figure out for what reason. Yeah, uh, right? he, he and of course the long it was Oklahoma talking trash. You go, it's Oklahoma. <laughs> of course, all they talking trash for the it's Oklahoma. Yeah. All right, of course A and M. Of course A and M's gonna talk trash for the game. It's A and M. All right, it's Texas. Tex- but our state. Well, we, we premeditated uh, for you know because there's the individual. Maybe he just wanted to say something. Same time, I'm, I can't imagine Matt Campbell is too excited about it. And it's like one of those things. Look, hey, man, we want Texas to come in here, not looking at <laughs> we us. Want to catch them by surprise? Yeah, they're trending and they're they're <laughs> right. flirting with disaster here week by week. What are you um, doing? Um, they're, they're worried about college football playoff things. They're talking about Quinn Ewers and Arch yeah, Manning. Come on. Let's just sneak in here and uh, have them not pay attention to us. Right. 
I uh, think this is going to be an easy run and, uh, you know, weird, get a win. So it is It is odd. And, uh, you know, the Longhorns, of course, on Twitter immediately responded because oh. this thing went viral. His comments, a guy named Mark, Mark Friend. He's a household name in Austin now. Yeah. Uh, Jatavion Sanders with a simple tweet response or X response. It said, bet. Uh, and had a little Ninja Warrior looking thing, like bet meaning we got you. We'll all be cap, there. All caps, by the way. Uh, Murph, yeah, bet, B E T. Byron Murphy, who will be dealing with uh, Jared Hufford, uh, said 7 p.m. That's all. 7 p.m., simple and sweet. Uh, which, uh, you know, I mean, Longhorns, have, Longhorns have taken notice. Guys, this is Bo Davis's position group. Bo Davis, of all the people to, to try to agitate, <laughs> to antagonize his position group, Bo Davis, who's the guy that two years ago uh, went on that epic rant after the Iowa State game because they got embarrassed and guys weren't taking it seriously enough. And now you just poke that bear along with the, his group, which is the best – D-tackle room in the country right now? Like I said, it seems premeditated. It, doesn't it seem? It's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't well, know. But if you're going to get okay, so premeditated, it would be like an investigative thing. What is – because you're looking for, you're looking for the, for the, re- looking for the reason, reason why you would try right. to motivate If it is premeditated, what's the way? motive? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's the, the motive? I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out. Because like I said, it's so out of character for Iowa State of all the teams to do it. There are teams I expect – Oklahoma State player did. I go, okay, I get it. It's Oklahoma State. Our state, our state. Like you said, this is you saying the quiet part out loud, and usually they don't do that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to think. Okay, I wonder why he did it. Mm. And he gave him. He had a chance to kind of walk it back, and he doubled down. Yeah. He. It, it's a long cut. He had a chance to walk it it's back. A minute, it, it's a hundred. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a full minute and a half. He, and he, he's like, nah. And the point we played for you earlier in the ease update is that's the part where he doubled down. There's an earlier part where he opens it up. So, I, like I said, it, to me it's strange. I'm glad he did it. Texas needed it. They, thank God for this young man. God bless this young man. Well, we'll they talk- needed some extra motivation. But like I said, I want, the motive intrigues me. It does. And uh, that obviously will lead to, you know, we, we like the petty here on Hook 'em Up. We're going to give it the petty, get a little trash talk, get this going. But it is out of character for a Matt Campbell team that, you know, they're coming in 6-4. and four. They are 5-2 and two in the uh, – in the Big 12, they're right there, and they're in the mix for this thing with, with uh, four teams tied behind Texas at 6-1. and one. Uh, It does add a, another layer of, of fun to the game. And, oh. uh, the, you know, it's a matchup that uh, we'll talk about. I know they have a great secondary, or you really like their secondary love, at Iowa like State. Their, yeah, I like their secondary. Uh, Quinn Ewers, how healthy is he? And you don't have Jonathan Brooks now. Uh, but I will say, and I know you're watching film on Iowa State, too, their, their offense is not very good. Uh, but they, they, it's not. they they're, they're certainly feeling confident if, if uh, Brandon, uh, excuse me, Jared Hufford is uh, any indication. They feel pretty good about the matchup. So uh, Rod will take yeah. us behind the burn orange curtain and maybe give us some indication as to why. Uh, Rod mentioned that uh, Draymond Green is getting people in chokeholds in the NBA. That's wild. Uh, Spurs and Mavericks getting spanked in the NBA. Yeah. College basketball was good last night. Also, it's a Wednesday. That means start looking forward, getting you up over the hump. Uh, start looking forward to the big weekend. We know the Longhorns are at Iowa State. NFL weekend starts tomorrow night, Rod, with uh, the Thursday night game. And it's a good one for the first time in a little bit on a Thursday night. Uh, finally, Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels will be happy. They've got a good game. It's not Carolina <laughs> and Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, those Thursday uh, they games get, they get They get Cincy and Baltimore. They get Cincinnati and Baltimore. That is one a of the, fantastic game. That is a really good game. Joe Burrow coming off the stinging loss to the Texans. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson coming off the stinging loss to Cleveland, in which they were up. You know, twenty-four to nine in the in the second half and lost that game at home. So seven and three Baltimore, five and four Cincinnati. That's the Thursday night game. Uh, Texans, uh, you know, off back-to-back wins. They're playing at home to Arizona with Kyler Murray coming to town. 
Yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. He coming did. Back. He I'm did. Not, I'm he, surprised he's out there, but he looked good. Well, they they beat the Falcons last week, and that's just their second win. The Cardinals. Uh, since they beat the Cowboys way back in week two or three, whatever, that was September. They hadn't won a game since, but our, uh, Kyler Murray is back, so he'll be playing at NRG Stadium against C.J. Stroud. Cowboys will be in Carolina in one of those games that, uh, you know, it's a noon game. Cowboys have got to be ready to play and flatten a 1-9 and nine Carolina team or 1-8 and eight Carolina team and send them to 1-9. and nine. So yeah. uh, looking forward to those games. We'll start looking forward to uh, the NFL and college football weekend. Because uh, the college football weekend isn't the greatest outside of Texas Iowa State. There's some. It's kind of that SEC week, Rod, mm-hmm. where all the SEC teams play duds. Oh, okay, gotcha. Except yeah, for yeah. except for Georgia. Georgia's going to play Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and it is interesting in the college football playoff rankings. That's a good launch point to that because the rankings. Georgia, any any problem with Georgia going to one? No, we. It's the first leapfrog we've yeah, seen. We kind of right? predicted it yesterday that it yeah. could happen. Uh, Georgia, you know, before when the first rankings came out, they hadn't really played anybody, mm-hmm. and we knew there'd be this stretch where Missouri. Ole Miss, Tennessee would kind of give them some quality win opportunities, and they've taken full advantage of that. Uh, that not, they didn't just beat Ole Miss. They crushed Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah that was a statement win. That's what, that's what Longhorn fans want to see from the Longhorns. Uh, right. Cause <laughs> they got a statement. When you, beat, when you got a chance to play like a ranked team or something, make a statement with it. Uh, had a chance against K-State, and obviously it, well, it, and it was that, trending toward that way, but that's not the way the game ended. Well, and obviously you have – you know, a text coming in saying that, hey, uh, Kirk Herbstreit was making the case last night that Bama could jump Texas even with our head-to-head win if they continue upward. And these look, Shut I think, your mouth, Kirk Herbstreit. Shut your mouth. I know. Well, that's <laughs> but this is the, the, the position the Longhorns are putting themselves in. We're talking about the one-loss beauty pageant. And I know it seems illogical to put someone behind someone who beat that other team, but at the same time, it is, it is a beauty contest, and the Longhorns are not winning pretty. Alabama, Jalen Milrow's getting better and better, and obviously the, the the logic is, well, if they played again today, who would I pick? Uh, so that's oh, the hypothetical. The yeah. hypothetical. So Man, yeah, hypothetical is going to end up blowing up in Texas' face because you're right. Because when we talked about this yesterday, Greg McElroy is also he, that's a, he, he was talking about that uh, on one of his podcasts. Well, and he's an Alabama guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he but he's actually a pro Texas guy. I think he's more of a pro Sark guy more than anything. But he's a pro Texas guy, and he was just saying Texas. You know, I wanna, I, I wanna vote for you. I, I guess obviously I wanna, you know, back Texas, but they can't finish games. They can't play complete games, and that's kind of what's holding him back from backing Texas. And I think that's kind of more the national narrative too, because I was listening to a national show. They were talking about Texas, and then they threw that talking point out there. So they're just talk, talking points right now, but they, they make, they trickle up to the college football playoff committee. And I guarantee you at one point the college football playoff committee may echo that very same sentiment that, ah, they don't really look impressive when they're winning. So, as you said, Alabama, Alabama's getting better week to week. Texas is just surviving week to week. That's fine. Keep winning. Um, but like you said, now beauty, it's a beauty contest and style points matter. And I would say this, Rod, that uh, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, you know, the, the, the cherry on top of the, of the dessert the Longhorns, you know, coming into the season, it was to get to the Big 12 championship game. It was all gas, no breaks to the Big 12 championship. All gas, yeah. no excuses. Yep. Get to Arlington. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're being talked about even in this conversation is a little bit ahead of schedule, and it's a good thing. It is. Uh, doesn't mean it's not warranted. Doesn't mean fans can't get fired up about it. But in the end, man, you're, you're on, the, on the growth of your program. This is a good thing. Uh, but, you know, I think the, you know, 
the important thing is to win the Big 12 still. I mean, because you could still stumble your way out of that deal. You could, especially this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. You could still find yourself on the outside looking in at that thing. And, you know, that would be the important thing is, uh, and I know we don't play the game and we talk about it for five hours every day, which is great. So we can talk about these things and have those conversations. But uh, let's keep in mind in perspective, it's, it's ahead of the schedule. I mean, if you go back to September before they went to Alabama, they're not a Longhorn fan in Longhorn Nation that would have said we're going to be being talked about on November 15th about the college football playoff. No. Uh, they're just looking for a great season or at least a step forward season, and here they are at 9-1 and one with two to play. Uh, as, as Sark said Monday, I agree with him, control what you can control, let the other stuff to fall where it may. And uh, Sark's done a little bit of lobbying himself, but I think even he's, he's, I think even he's like kind of like Greg McElroy. Hey, y'all. Can we finish a game? Can we uh, can we play four quarters of football? Uh, oh, Sark has done his part of that with play calling, uh, PK, the coaches, yeah. but the players have to hit the field and play four quarters of football. And uh, if they don't, uh, they could find themselves. You know, we're not even in this conversation at that yeah. point, right? Because one loss, uh, one more loss, oh, yeah, and you're you're, you're not even being talked you're not about. That, not in that conversation. And you but, might not even be playing for a trophy. Yeah, and like I said, I, this you could be ahead of schedule. The Rangers were ahead of schedule this year, I think. Sure. <laughs> up winning the World Series, uh, but you got to get hot at the right time. And the problem with the Longhorns right now is they're not trending toward getting hot at the right time and peaking at the right time. That's the – Bama's getting uh, – they're they, trending toward peaking at the right that's time. That's exactly right. And, you, and, and the Longhorns need to – they need to reverse this trend yeah. somehow. And this would be a great weekend. And, and of course, we know that they tease fans and they tease the observers because they play these quarter-and-a-half stretches where they look like a team oh, that belongs in the college football playoffs. And then they – you know, spit the bit and end up having to survive at the end. And uh, Houston, K-State, and, um, you know, last week's game with TCU become coin flip games at the end uh, when they had no business being that. But exactly. uh, that's where the long ones are. That's their DNA yeah. right now. Because uh, what's happening is these committee guys are turning – if any of them are watching these games, they're turning them off early on with Texas. Oh, they got 24 leads done. And then they go back and look at the score. They go, what did what'd you say? It's a four – what? They almost lost. They almost lost that game. And then it's happened now three – you know, games, three of the last four, four games, and they're like, okay, all right, Texas, there's a trend. They're not, I guarantee you, they're not even watching the whole game. They're just seeing the halftime score or the score early on, and then they go back and go, what the hell happened in that uh, game? Yeah. Fans could be doing the same. Okay, we come back. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll start diving deep on this Iowa State team. Why is their offensive lineman confident about the uh, what the Longhorns are going to get when they walk into Ames on Saturday night? Also, some what the facts before the end of the hour what to the get facts. you over the hump Wednesday. A little cooler outside. Humidity's down, so uh, grab your jacket on your way out. Temperature, especially in the Hill Country, in the 40s right now. Feels great, though. It's uh, football weather in the ATX. It's a Wednesday. On. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. We're just getting warmed up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. A lot of good uh, Wednesday conversations. Uh, Texas quarterbacks now and into the future. Texas uh, at Iowa State. Trash talk is abound. As I saw someone uh, on the the Twitter machine, right, Rod? Uh, And you played at Texas. This is one of those, the the comments from the offensive lineman at Iowa State. Uh, Print it out, hang it, and uh, stack it around Moncrief, right? Have that playing on a loop. Play it on a loop, man. It's pretty easy. You get and start calls a little special meeting. Just plays that right before practice just to make sure that everybody – see, they're already seeing this on, you know, this, they're on social media, but just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And I think that's your All point right. about saying it in advance. You know, after – Joey what? McGuire, what he said after beating Texas last year in okay. Lubbock. He makes, okay. and by the way, he, he admitted he didn't want that out. No. He admitted that the cameras were in there, but he didn't think the cameras were going to put it but, out immediately. But when it said post – hey, post – 
the fact. Yeah, well, yeah. It's Can't do anything about it. No. Until next year. And you already proved it. Yeah. You already proved it. I beat you. Well, but the right? team what you going to say about it? What but, you going to get mad about? I but, beat you. But the team that may be motivated by it can't do anything about it until next, you know, yeah. next November. Yeah, but you, are, you had a chance to do something about it, and you didn't. That's Correct. why I'm talking about it right now because we beat you. That's, that's, what, right. that's, 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 why the five, that's why it comes out. Brees Hall was like, yeah, he didn't say that beforehand that, hey, man, we're a five-star culture, but uh, that beats five-star players. He didn't say that before because he knew that might be the extra little motivation they need to beat us. Now, he said it after and said it before. Ooh, like I said, something's up, man, with this young man. He may just be not very bright. It may just be the Big that he, 12. I want to say, he is bright. He's book smart. smart. Book smart. Yeah, something's up, E. Something's up with him. He's going against the best D tackle in the country. Yeah, why are you poking Godzilla? You, watch, you watch film on this guy. What do you think? You've watched film on him and you thought, let me go talk some trash. Well, let's hear him. Let's hear it. This wow. is from uh, Mark Friend TV. This is a TV reporter in uh, probably Des Moines. Uh, and this is just one of those regular player availability. So you will hear some exterior sound and uh, people talking. But here is the uh, starting offensive lineman, Jared Hufford, talking about Texas coming to Ames. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, that is so good, though. The very beginning and the very end are the most pointed, right? Yeah, they have a high ego that needs to be they checked. They need to oh, be checked. I, honestly, I like this. I like this guy. I like this. I think me, if we, if, if he wasn't the opposition, I think I'd like this guy. But I just said, I want to know, is it just he's got – testicular fortitude does he have scones and solid smart cars that he watches say you know what i want to make i want to go to the nfl all right i'm going up against the best d tackle in the country i need everybody watching i need everybody watching this i need to and i need the the, the broadcasters i need them commenting on this matchup and me and people watching it and that's the, maybe this is the way he brings attention to himself and he figures you know what if i'm gonna make it to the league here's my film this is the, the only film they need to watch I'm going up against the best detail in the country. If I can play well against him, you know what? They're going to look at me as a guy that can play in the NFL it, on Sundays. It, it sounds to me like Texas is living rent-free in this guy's head. I mean, imagine going to a school and thinking that Texas is your rival when Texas doesn't even bat an eye at Iowa State. That's not even considered a top I, I, six rival in the conference. 
They Agreed. will now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, their attention has gotten. Uh, can we go by the burn orange curtain? Talking Texas, Iowa State, Saturday night, the Longhorns' wow. final ever Big 12 conference road trip. Let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about Iowa State. Um, let's talk about the offense versus the Texas defense, since we're already talking about that, that matchup <laughs> uh, between, uh, wow, uh, the, the trash-talking Jared, what's his last name? Huffman? Huff- Hufford. Hufford. Jared Hufford. H-U-F-F-O-R-D. Yeah, I mean, I should know the name. It's going to be a household name for all the Longhorn fans out there. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, but we'll get into, obviously, the line play. But something that's interesting, you talked about Iowa State's offense. It's not very prolific. Um, as a matter of fact, based statistically, it's probably pretty mediocre. Uh, they are uh, 77th in points per game, 94th in total offense, uh, 347, I think, total uh, yards per game. Uh, they're at 25.7 points per game. They're 98th in rushing yards per game uh, at 129, and they're 78th in passing offense totally. So that. It's not a, you know, it's not a very explosive offense. But um, they do have a couple of things that worry me. They have two receivers who are top 10 in the Big 12 in receiving, receiving yards per game. And they're pretty, actually, they're, they're pretty productive from what I've watched. Um, Jaden Higgins um, is one of their receivers, and Jalen Noel is the other. I believe I'm sure I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, uh, Jane Higgins has 35 receptions, 610 yards. Um, he's averaging close to you know 61 receiving yards per game. Um, you're talking about 17 yards per reception. Um, he's an explosive cat. Jalen Noel, 52 receptions, 536 yards over 10 yards per reception. Um, and he's averaging 59 receiving yards per game. The reason that that caught my eye because they're both ranked ninth and tenth, I think, in the NFL. Sorry, in the Big 12 in receiving. Um, the reason I caught my eyes is because I, I went and looked at last season's um, Iowa State game, Texas-Iowa State game, which was really close. If not for Xavier Hutchison dropped a touchdown pass, Texas may lose that game, but some clutch plays on defense, you know, the, the, the forced fumble by Anthony Cook late on Hunter Deckers, uh, the interception by Jalen Ford in the red zone, uh, that was clutch too. Uh, so I went back and watched the game, cause I, and I went back and looked at my notes and brought, and brought up my Iowa State notes from last season. Because I thought something was peculiar about that matchup, and I'm glad I went back and watched it because Matt Campbell, they got a new offensive coordinator, I believe, but Matt Campbell, you know, he's a really good offensive mind, and that game last season, they exposed Texas in a couple of ways. They exposed Texas. They were the first team really to start to weaponize targets to bunch formations against Texas. It was them. They did it. They really exposed Texas. I went back and looked at the game from last season. You know, I would talk about I talk about targets to bunch formation all the time, right? That it's just targets to cluster groups of receivers. In the last four games, Texas allowing over 11 yards per attempt uh, to closely clustered groups of receivers. You're talking about over a 30% explosive play rate. So I went and looked at the game last season, and here are the numbers. All right, and and it relates to this year because Texas continues to struggle with this concept. And Iowa State, this was their money concept versus Texas. 
And they and Matt Campbell and his offensive staff did a really good job figuring out. Well, Texas has a tough time passing off receivers in coverage. Uh, Texas wants to play aggressive, uh, bump and run coverage at times. We can give our receivers free releases, and also that you can expose Texas' lack of inside leverage um, and get easy inside cuts when you have these bunched formations, closely clustered groups of receivers, stacked receivers, tight twins, trips, whatever it may be. So here are the numbers. Targets to bunch formation last season for Iowa State. Uh, you're talking about an 80% completion percentage. This is against Texas. This is against Texas. 80% completion percentage on targets to clust- closely clustered groups of receivers. Um, you had uh, I- I- at one point, you look at uh, the cl- third downs, because this is when they used it a lot. They really broke it out on third downs, specifically third and longs. So, first of all, they were 6 of 10 on third downs targeting bunch formation. So, he had 60% conversion rate. Anytime they targeted bunch formation on third down versus Texas. Now, Texas right now has one of the top third down defenses in the country. But we'll talk about how they performed in, in pass defense on third and longs at, versus certain concepts. We'll get into that in a second. This is last season, Iowa State versus Texas. So 60% co- co- third down conversion rate. Last season, they were targeting a bunch for formation. Well, I looked at third and longs because they converted six of nine third and longs via the pass versus Texas. They actually were seven of ten. They were 70% on third and long, third and seven plus yards to gain. They were six of nine on third and long via the pass. Five of those were targeting bunch formations. Third and long. Third and seven plus. Where the odds are supposed to flip in favor of the defense, and that was not the case. They also used a ton of in-breaking routes. They completed, at BSU night, guys, over 90% of their in-breaking routes last season. 90%. We're talking about uh, drags, crossers, over-unders, slants, posts, skinny posts, angle routes, uh, glance routes, you name it, in-breaking routes of any kind. And when I looked at third-down conversions uh, off these in-breaking routes, they were 4-5 on third-downs when they were targeting inside-breaking routes. They were 3-3 three of three on third-and-long targeting inside breaking routes think, oh. look at the, think about these numbers so I, I was like okay you know what let's see if these these issues these numbers still track even though you know obviously the defense has proved they've improved a ton um let's see if these numbers still track in third and third down situations and they do turns out third if you go look at third down uh for texas defense in the last four games versus inside cuts 58% conversion rate for the opposing offense. Uh, you look at third downs in the last – this is actually all season. Third downs targeting bunch all season long. Like I said, we ain't gotten a third and long, just third down. Targeting bunch all season long versus starting quarterbacks. Remember, I removed – I told you guys this multiple times. I removed the backup quarterbacks from my sample size. It just – it was distorting and skewing the sample. Uh, and, and, and then I was able to identify uh, some of these weaknesses because they just couldn't be exposed with backup quarterbacks who were thrown in at the last minute. Uh, Texas conversion rate, uh, Texas allowing uh, on third downs to opposing quarterbacks targeting bunch formation, over 70% conversion rate in the last four games, guys. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yeah, I it's a, 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 I'm done. Third and long. Let's go third and long versus inside breaking routes in the last four games. Uh, you're talking about steel tracks, over 50% conversion rate. 
Uh, you're close. Actually, you're close to 57 percent conversion rate there on third and longs. And on third and longs, targeting bunch formations versus starting quarterbacks. This is all season long. Taking out the the backups, you're at uh, four over 44 percent conversion rate on third and longs. Third and seven plus yards to gain. This was exposed last season with the Iowa State game plan. It was a brilliant game plan by them. Like I said, they were a touchdown, a drop touchdown pass. Xavier Hutchinson, who's an NFL player, uh, that that was only really the biggest difference in Texas winning and losing that game. Clutch plays on defense by Jalen Ford. Clutch plays on defense by Anthony Anthony Cook. But in this game, you will see these concepts. And Texas has struggled this season versus them. They're struggling even more in the last four games versus uh, teams. But these teams are pass first teams. And that's the, that's the saving grace versus Iowa State. They're not a pass-first team, but, as I just pointed out, they got two receivers who are ranked in the top 10 in the Big 12 in, in receiving yards per game, and they will break out these concepts again, that new game plan. New OC, but same head coach. Uh, and that is uh, great stuff right there with Rod behind the burn orange curtain because that's, that's the game plan, right? And the thing with Iowa State is they're not – when they get the ball, they're sure they want to score points, but they want to possess the ball. Ball control. So if they can convert third downs, that yep. gives them three more downs. Mm-hmm. And that's what was frustrating about last year's game. Texas won at 27-24, but you're right. It could have gone either way. Uh, they would just convert these third downs and get another three sets of downs, and it just frustrates a football team because the one thing you know about Matt Campbell, you know, he's not air raid. Uh, he, he leans into his, oh, yeah. his complimentary football, mm-hmm. uh, and that is how you beat Texas, right? You shorten their – you limit the, the possessions their offense gets. Exactly right. You move the football. You kick field goals. You score some touchdowns. Maybe you make a special teams play, and all of a sudden you're, you're in a dogfight. Look, they're, they're nothing special statistically. They've lost they to Kansas not. at home by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They, they only beat Baylor by 12 points. They beat Cincinnati 30-10. to 10. They beat BYU last week. They don't do anything – Special, but uh, that's not Matt Campbell. They want to lean into this style of play, uh, conversions. And that's what's frustrating for Texas, if you go back to last year's game, is they were getting them into third and long. They were. They, exactly. That's the whole which point. Which is what you want to do, right? Yeah. You want to stop them on first <laughs> and second down, get them to third and long, yeah. and then get them off the field. But then they were converting, and it'll be, I'll say this, a win or lose Saturday of Texas and Pete Kwiatkowski and Blake Gideon and Terry Joseph. If they still haven't figured this out, that they're going to run in-breaking routes in these bunch formations, and they don't have a plan for it, and it's successful, that will be a bad indictment of uh, their preparation for this game because it's all laid out there for you, right? Yep. And you've seen it for the last month. Uh, yep. You know, the safeties getting in coverage and c- creating conflict with the linebackers. You know it's coming. Well, it's, coming. <laughs> it's their only chance to win the yeah, game. Of course it is. Uh, and if, yeah. it, if it helps keep them in the game or beat you, then uh, that's shame on you because you have the talent to stop it. It's about execution and game plan. All right, we'll come back. When we do, uh, what the facts from around the sports landscape? Got to have those. Also, uh, get back into Texas-Iowa State and looking forward now to the college and pro Pro Football Weekend. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook'em Up on a Wednesday. Apologies to those uh, who couldn't hear that audio from the uh, offensive lineman. That tells us, Rod, on the text line, who's listening on 1260 AM. That's a good point. It's AM is not is in mono right so it was on the wrong channel you got dead air but it uh and we apologize for that we'll try to get that rectified if you're on fm uh, 1019 or certainly on the horn app you heard it loud and clear on hornfm.com uh we'll hear more from uh, mr Huff- hufford coming up somebody on the text line says y'all remember last year matt campbell's rant cussing out the uh our defense and the uh, refs at the end of the game he was so angry yeah, yeah that was a bad look for matt campbell he thought it was targeting on anthony cook if you'll remember yep on the the fumble mm-hmm. that jalen ford recovered uh, and it was clean, but he thought it was a targeting call or should have been targeting. 
Uh, so he left the field. Yeah, in, but, uh, and you got he's he's frustrated too with his own team. And remember Xavier Hutchinson. Go back. And, I went back and watched the game last night. He drops a touchdown pass where he's wide open. He he was a busted coverage by Texas. So he's running wide open down the field. It was a perfect throw. He jumps for no reason. Do you remember this? I do. He just leaps into the air for no reason. It's weird. And end up dropping the pass. And by the way, he lit Texas up. I mean, that day they couldn't they couldn't cover him. He was all over. And he came back right. Then I think the next play and it made a deep play a, a play downfield. Well, and a, a lot of his big plays came out of those bunch formations you're talking those, about. Yeah, that's exactly right. They found a great way to free him up. And yeah, I think I think Matt Campbell was frustrated because he's like, I had it. We had it. It was a wide open touchdown, and we'd have won that game. Well, and they were moving. That they were moving down to possibly win the game when yeah. the targeting, yes. you know, the fumble was forced. Uh, and uh, they had the red zone interception. They had a touchdown. They had a red zone interception. So they had two touchdowns basically taken off the board. Uh, and they, and what he thought was a bad call at the end, which I think I agreed with. If memory serves, I thought it was a good hit by Anthony Cook. The now former Longhorn and Jalen Ford recovered the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. What the facts, Rod? The uh, Bills. What the facts? It is a fact that the scapegoat for Josh Allen's struggles this year is Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator fired yesterday. No question. Uh, Josh Allen has 14 turnovers this season. That is two more than the next closest players, Rod. Uh, Desmond Ritter and Max Jones, or Mac, Mac Jones, each have 12. He's got 14 turnovers. What are you doing? He's a machine. So Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, gets the blame for it. And maybe so because when Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator before going to the New York Giants, uh, Josh Allen cleaned up a lot of that. He was the Josh Allen whisperer. And he was really good. <laughs> well, he was yeah. able to tame the beast. <laughs> uh, so that is a fact now as the, uh, the coaching carnage continues. College and pro Ken Dorsey out in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah he's definitely a scapegoat. And now, or he might not be a very good OC. We'll see. No, I think he's a decent OC. He's definitely being scapegoated because some of their issues on defense—they got a lot of injuries too. Um, but yeah, I think he's being scapegoated. Josh Allen, right? He's basically being blamed for not being a Josh Allen whisperer. They want him to do what Brian Dable did, and it's like that's—he's that's not his skill set. Well, I will say that's that a the, rare skill set, by the way, to to be able to you know to be five maximize and five, a QB like sure, that. Sure, and to be five and five though, their offense doesn't look that coordinated. It looks clumsy at times, uh, which goes to him. Uh, same time, you know, Sean McDermott, you, you're not going to win many football games, even with a good defense, if your 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 quarterback's turning over 14 times. Uh, that, that's that's a that's a challenge. But either way, they're going to go a different direction, and Joe Brady gets the call there. What do you have in what the facts, Rod? Yeah, uh, no, you're right about that. Okay, how about this? Got this little factoid uh, from yesterday. The Bengals are one in 23 straight up on the road in night games over the last 25 years. Take the Ravens. Tomorrow night. <laughs> Take the Ravens tomorrow the night. The Bengals are, I repeat, 1-23 straight up on the road in night games over the last 25 years. They are currently on a 13-game straight up losing streak in this spot. Last win in Philly in 2012. If you're uh, Just throwing it out looking there. for some scratch. And take scratch. the under. Primetime under and the Bengals seem like a pretty good trend there. Come on, guys. Hey, by the way, did you see the uh, the ruling yesterday? A state judge in Washington granted Oregon State and Washington State sole control of the Pac-12 Board of Directors. So they become the only two voting bodies in the Pac-12 remaining. So they have full control of all Pac-12. The Pac-2? Well, they're the Pac-2, <laughs> but as we sit here right now, the Pac-12 still exists. But now they have full – they're the only two voting. So they can create their own rules if they want to moving forward. Um, that also includes, you know, the, the third-tier rights and anything that goes on with the Pac-12, they now are in control of. Uh, Washington, the University of Washington, has immediately appealed that ruling by a local judge. So – uh, you know, it's uh, they have complete control over their assets, their liabilities, their intellectual property, uh, and it's a vote of two. 
Okay. At this point, wow. and unless the the appeal is not oh, overturns it, so that thing will probably move up through uh, the courts here uh, at a pretty quick order. But that is a fact that rise up right now. Washington State and Oregon State, the, the the remaining two, the last two standing, have full control of the Pac-12. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what the. I mean, is it going to be a thing? I don't. In the future, or is this going to dissolve? I mean, how can it? How can it? How can it remain? Well, they. Well, now like they. If that were to stay, they would have control of. Let's add some new teams, and let's get some of the Mountain West teams, and because look, I mean, Oregon, U.S. Oregon, U.S. I mean, four schools are going to the Pac, the Big Twelve. Four schools are going to the Big Ten. They're going to strip you of your Power Five status. You can't just be no. inviting anybody in there. Well, this is legal about you know intellectual properties and how you move. How you vote moving forward is what's important uh, on decisions that are made of how things, you know, play out. Because oh. you still have to dissolve the conference legally. Yeah. No, I know. It's but just it's it's done though. It's already a done deal. Just, you said this is all of them just making like you said business decisions. To- well, sure, but this will make it challenging for the other ten uh, in the conference because let's say you get divorced, we can agree we're getting divorced and we're moving on. But now they have legal control of how we parse this thing out. They are the only two votes that hey, count, according to this judge. They have lawyers, too. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, it'll <laughs> lead to a longer too. legal fight. Yeah, but they, as, got, they got lawyers, too. As a fact on this Wednesday morning, right now, they are in control, according to a local judge. So yeah, keep that in mind. Are you really in control? Hey, did anybody watch Did anybody watch the, uh, the first-ever Netflix live sporting event last night? Netflix went live with sports. I missed that one. I did, too. We'll get some uh, early returns on the – F1 drivers and golfers playing golf in Vegas live on Netflix. It was their first ever foray into live sports. We'll get you details coming. Plus, Rod's got a rant. we got headlines. It's a Wednesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.